0: Well, today's gospel picks up immediately um, from last week's gospel in which Jesus went into the synagogue in his hometown. He was given a scroll of, uh, from the prophet Isaiah, which spoke of the Messiah. And he read a selection of that scroll, which spoke of him. And and then he sat down and said, today this, this scripture passage is fulfilled. And so then it kind of picks up today, right, on the heels of of him sitting down and saying that. And he begins to teach them about how that scripture passage predicts not only the Messiah, but how he fulfills that prediction, right? How he is, in fact, the Messiah. And many were very pleased with what he was saying, but there were detractors. There are always detractors. Some of you are detractors, even right now. And I know who you are. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know who you are. Don't worry. I know who you are. No. <laughs> you know, but there's always detractors. And, uh, so they're, and, and uh, they're sort of epitomized by that line, you know, don't we know this guy? You know, I mean, that's not an exact quote. But, did, you know, don't know, what, isn't he the son of Joseph? In other words, didn't we watch him grow up? Didn't our kids grow up with him? Didn't maybe we grow up with him? In other words, he's so familiar to us, how could he be the Messiah? He's so familiar to us, how could his words be this fantastic even, right? Um, Somebody who is so familiar uh, that they would come back and claim to be the Messiah, that they would claim to be fulfilling The scripture that they would claim to be a prophet was too much for some of them in the synagogue. And so they doubted, they didn't have faith in the Lord. And he challenges them. He challenges them greatly. And he challenges them with two stories from the scriptures, which really, really made them angry. And you might wonder, well, why did it make them angry? So he talked about how... um, First, from the a story from the prophet Elijah, there was a famine that spread through the land for some three and a half years. And it wasn't to any of the Jews that Elijah was sent, but to this widow, this non Jew, this widow of Zarephath, that, that Elijah was sent so that uh, she would have plenty to survive this famine. And it was to her that God's miracle was given. It was to her that God's graciousness and goodness was poured out. It was her who received the prophet and believed. The Jews should have believed. They did not. Many of them rejected Elijah. But this non-Jew received him. So the same thing basically happens with Elisha, the successor to Elijah, Right? You have there are many lepers, many people suffering from leprosy. But this non-Jew, Naaman the Syrian, was healed by Elisha. He was the one given this this great gift, this great miracle. God, God's work was, was made present in this non-Jew. When all of these other Jews doubted the prophet and doubted God's work, it was this non-Jew who believed. And so basically, Jesus was comparing all of these all of these presumably probably men in the synagogue with those Jews who doubted the other prophets and basically he was saying you're no better than them this made them quite angry you know this made them very angry enough so that they were ready to commit murder they're ready to kill the lord throw him off a hill it's difficult sometimes actually it's often difficult to hear the truth about ourselves when that truth, of course, is critical. I mean, it's easy to hear compliments about ourselves. It should be easy anyway. It's very difficult to, to hear critiques about ourselves, you know, um, especially something so, so severe as you do not have enough faith. You are a doubter you are rejecting God's work, right? Especially to a bunch of people sitting in in the synagogue. So where does that lead us then to reflect? Well, how are we with receiving the truth about ourselves, the critical truth about ourselves? This is presumably, you know, again, very difficult for us. Do we trust anyone in our life to speak the truth to us? Do you trust your husband to speak the truth to you? Do you trust your wife? I suspect it comes whether you trust them or not, (laughs) right? Something is going to be said from time to time. And this is supposed to be one of the, the good things about marriage. It's not supposed to be one of the bad things. It's actually supposed to be one of the perfective things about marriage is that two people are supposed to come together Right and help each other grow in holiness, grow in virtue, and grow toward perfection. You might say, "Well, Father, it's a little unbalanced." <laughs> you know, she says far more than I say. Well, maybe you should speak up. Um, I don't know. I'm not really sure what's wrong there. I don't want to get in the middle of that. But, but nonetheless, in a healthy relationship, there should be some give and take. There should be some tension, actually. There should be some tension. Some challenge, and hopefully, the stronger the relationship is, the more that there's trust. In in a good friendship, the same thing should exist as well. I mean, if if for the hopefully, all of us have close friends. You know, close friend can challenge us, can say to us, you know what? You need to you need to grow in this area. You need to grow in that area. Of course, we don't really trust somebody we don't know. It doesn't really help if if somebody we don't really know and don't really trust comes up to us and says, you know, you're a jerk. But you know, it happens. It doesn't, it, but it doesn't mean as much from people we don't trust or we don't have a relationship with, right? And it often does cause more tension. But if we trust somebody with, uh, with ourselves, with our, with our feelings, it can actually be very beneficial. And it's actually somewhat necessary. Now, Moving to the Lord and moving to spiritual development, I suggest that this is actually a necessary element in our lives. It's absolutely critical that we have a disposition of openness to God. And this is, this is really what I recommend daily prayer uh, have a component of, which is in asking or in openness for God to show us our defects for God to show us ways in which we need to grow. And what God desires to do is he, he desires to perfect us little, a little bit at a time, little by little. He usually doesn't just give us everything at once. Here's everything that's wrong with you. Thank goodness he doesn't do that. He usually shows us little by little, a little bit by little bit. Here's an example. I was, uh, I was refinishing one of the tops on, on one of my guitars, and you have to put the... Um, you have to put the lacquer on top, and then you have to um, take all these different types of um, sanding mesh, right? I don't know if any of you have ever done this, but um, there's all these different grit, you know, type of sandpaper. And so starting from like 1500 all the way up to 12,000, like eight different, and you just sand little by little by little. And at first, you know, you sand a little bit and you can see some of the marks left by the sandpaper and it's a little grainy and then you move further and further and further along and it just takes time. You know, and if my guitar had feelings, it would probably be saying ow, ow, ow. <laughs> but as you move on and as the as the uh, sandpaper gets more and more fine and finer and finer, you can't see any of the you can't see any of the marks anymore, right? Because it's getting buffed out and it's getting nicer and nicer the finish looks well, it doesn't look that great to be honest with you, but it, you get my point that it, it gets more and more finished and polished as it goes along. And this is really, I think, what God does. It's a bit of a metaphor of what God does with us. At the very beginning, it feels like we're really getting beat up a lot, right? And we do have feelings and emotions and it hurts. It's like God has taken a sledgehammer or a chisel to us. And sometimes it's really painful. But the more we move along, it gets more and more refined and very, very specific. This is natural. This is a very common thing in the spiritual life. This is God moving us up, moving us along, moving us further, as it ought to be. So I encourage all of you, as you're, as you're just moving along this path, wherever you at, you're at, it's fine. Wherever you're at is where you need to be. But I encourage an openness, a dialogue with God. Lord, show me my defects. Lord, be honest and loving with me and progress me along the path to holiness. Please stand.